I'm in the arena. I'm pedaling. Vincent is our special friend. We let him hang out. Pedaling in the arena. <laughs> pedaling in the arena. Hey everybody, welcome to Trends with Friends. This will be uh, episode what, uh, 30, I think, Phil. And uh, I think I've missed some of shows, so uh, thanks. You guys were all out at uh, uh, Red Holt Wealth. Is, what's, it, what's it called, the event? Future Proof. Future Proof. And it's a, uh, it's a beautiful event. I think Rob, Rob, is, Rob from Koi Fence is joining us today. Rob, were you out there as well? I heard pitching and, and jabbing. I was out there handing out the hat, pitching the product, meeting a bunch of folks. It was great. Okay, so uh, kudos to those boys who have built a, a, a media empire, and, and uh, it's definitely an extension of what we started doing way back at Stocktoberfest. So was it fun, Phil? Did you have fun with uh, all the peeps? It was great. It, that was the best part, was just seeing, seeing everybody and uh, hanging out, and, uh, it was, and it was a million people there, and the weather was great, and the, you know, the beach is great, so it did some... Did some beach walking and uh, just hanging out with with uh, with with the fellas and everybody and loved it. You seem you seem pumped. Thanks for bringing them on the show. <laughs> the fuck was I'm it? just chill, man. Holy I'm shit. Chill. No, I but like it. for real, like for Pearl Dog and me, like we're we're there to hang out with friends. Like he had some yeah. meetings, I had some meetings. Like we're not sitting there learning about financial advisor stuff. Like even like Ritholtz. Ritholtz has on Cliff Asnes. Cliff Asnes is talking about, you know, his Goldman Sachs days and the hedge funds. And it was awesome. Like, he's telling old stories. He's hilarious. It was fantastic. And then Ritholtz is like, let's talk about tax investing. I'm like, oh. are you fucking kidding me? You have Cliff <laughs> Asnes on stage who's just dropping, you know, long-term capital management bombs. Just like bomb after bomb. It was fantastic. Ritholtz wants to talk about tax investing. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm out of here. Just walked right out. I said, that's enough for me. Can you that's imagine? JC. That's, that's why you're JC. So, um, oh. so it is, uh, we're heading into uh, mid-September. And it's my birthday this Sunday. What, what, where are you guys? I'm a Virgo. What are you, JC? You're a Pisces. Aquarius. You're an Aquarius. Phil, what are you? What's the, what's the sign of a hair, hairy chest? So, what's dude, you, how old are you going to be? You're going to be, is this, this is 59 or this is 60? Because you're getting close. 58. Okay. Let me tell you a quick anecdote. I was climbing my first um, ca category, uncategorized climb. I've never been on one in the Alps. I, I, I haven't done many uh, famous climbs. I've done a lot of climbing. So I was on this climb called the Hautecamp. I'm, I'm very new to cycling lingo. Anyways, the famous climb. It's been in the Tour de France so many years. It's a, you're just you're uh, just making this up, aren't you? I swear to God, I'm not. I, I I go on these crazy adventures, and it's a it's a it's just a 13 kilometer climb, which doesn't sound like a lot. It's about uh, eight miles, and um, but it's a uncategorized, meaning it's too hard to categorize. Okay, so the tour as when they have the tour there, it ends at the top. They don't come down. It's just like a beast of a climb. And in the year 2000, when Lance won his first. Uh, Tour de France, that's where he took the tour, right? In the last three kilometers, he got out of the saddle and he fucking, it was pouring rain. And it's like, there's 16% grade, it's fucking bananas. Anyways, I'm grinding my way, there's like eight of us, I'm grinding my way up this fucking beast of a hill. 
and it's I'm gonna make it. It's 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 not like I can't make it, but it's a grind. Anyways, I see two guys. It's not a lot of people climb. I see two people ahead of me, and I'm chasing them down. I'm trying to catch them near the top. And as I get closer, I pass one of the guys, 84 year old. <laughs> he was 84. 80 Love that. Fucking four. Okay. Like, Love so that. That would be me in 26 years doing that climb, a lifetime ahead of me. So kudos to you. Let me ask you call it Franz. Franz. Yeah. Franz. Hey, so here's my question France. for you. It is France. Right, exactly. They call it France. France. You're right. That was very bougie of you, Howard. You're very bougie. Hey, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question, Howard. Are you faster and stronger than you were like maybe three months ago in terms of biking? So it's a good question. Here's the thing about training, and I I don't take it seriously because I don't use all the equipment. I don't have a heart rate monitor. I I do cycling more for the uh, experience. I don't wear headphones. A lot of my buddies here... um, have certain music that they they use because there's not a lot of cars it's a well protected but the guy who runs this thing keeps us pretty safe but i'm just so used to just the grind of it i i I haven't taken advantage of all the the tech and equipment that allows you to improve so physically i'm improving but i don't think i see some of the guys that were so much worse than me in my group doing so much better than me and it's all because they have focused training so i think to get to the next level you actually have to use the data and the power meters and the heart rate monitor there is a there is a method to the madness but you know for me it's just about eating and uh staying fit okay so so the the 84 i just want to say that because the 84 84 year old guy thing that's like a really positive thing i mean there are guys out there who are way older than us who are way more fit, even though we're fit, and it is aspirational. I mean, it, it, it just goes to show. I mean, people talk all the time about, oh, you know, now I'm 40 or now I'm 50 and I can't move the way I used to. But And we do slow down, but we could get in better shape and we can continue to uh, improve. I mean, I ran I ran a half half marathon faster when I was 55, the same one, than when I was 50. And you know what? I'm going to run the same one again when I was 60, and I'm going to beat my time when I was 55. So just because yeah. you're getting old, Howie, doesn't mean you can't, you know. It's not, it's not about that. I think the, the lesson from this guy was just keep moving, right? Like, he's a French guy. He was he was riding with an accomplice, meaning he had to have somebody there with him in case something went wrong, right? Like, we ride with a group. He definitely was riding with a young guy who was a professional assistant cyclist, right? Like we do, and side-by-side step pace by pace. What was so funny when I passed him, I thought it was one of my buddies and I dropped an insult and then I felt bad because it was an 84 year old guy that I blew by. So it wasn't really much of an accomplishment. But anyways, cool dude. It was the moment of the trip because that's what cycling is about, is about participation and about just fucking, uh, you know, finishing just that peak. And the amazing thing about cycling, last thing, is Strava. You know, Strava's maybe never be a multi-billion dollar company. It's definitely an incredible business and an incredible product. But the fact that you can measure yourself against the pros. So the climb I did, JC, this will fucking freak you out. The best climber in the world. You get to see the times of everybody, right? You can't, I guess you can fake it, but you really can't. There's an honor system to this and it's all done by mechanics and, and maps. Anyways, this climb, Hadakaram, which is an uncategorized climb, the best climber in the world, the record on this climb is 40 minutes, which is fucking bananas. They're doing 20 miles an hour up the sink. And I did it in an hour and 24. So 
these guys that are, uh, so that type, Strava allows you to kind of baseline yourself against everybody, which is a very cool app. It's kind of like the S&P index for, you know, for traders. And you really get to see, forgetting the doping and all the, the, the accusations, I can't, you know, can't comment on all that. But any human that went up that thing in 40 minutes is fucking astonishing. Right? They got to the top 40 minutes ahead of me. You could have watched an episode of Gilligan's Island. An episode and a half of Gilligan's Island. Hat tip to the 58-year-olds who get that reference. Okay, JC to the charts. What do we got? Listen, you know, um, climbing uh, an uphill battle, you know, to stick with that theme uh, there, Mr. Lindzen. And, and markets got work to do. Like, if you want to look at the S&P 500, you know, it's what we've been talking about. We're in this range. It's a very different environment than what we were in the first half of the year. And um, different strategies are working uh, that were not working in the first half of the year. Volatility wasn't necessarily historically elevated, but certainly uh, more volatility uh, uh, than we saw in the first six months. And not just at the VIX level, at individual stocks and ETFs as well. When you measure that volatility over time, it was slightly more elevated. So we've been able to just sell options all day, both directions. Sell the calls, sell the puts all day. Just keep collecting cash. You know, go out 45, 60 days into the future. That's when that DK really gets going and those premiums really start to deteriorate. That's that 45 to 60 day range. And we keep selling them and selling them and selling them. And we're getting paid every time. Now, that strategy will stop working and we will be in a more trending environment one day, and volatility is not going to pay us. You know, we're not going to be able to get the premiums that we've been getting over the last month and a half or so, right? That'll stop. But I don't see it stopping anytime soon, really. Uh, I think the mess is here to stay. So we want to continue to take advantage of the types of strategies that are good for this environment and stay away from the ones that are not, right? So then how long is this going to take? You know, we could set a specific date and say maybe in the back half of October, maybe, but there's no way of really knowing. So let's reverse engineer what it will take for the indexes to go higher. And that's the following four charts. And that is, you could start Riley with the, uh, with the homies, start with the homies down there. One more. You could start with the homies. What's the story here with home builders? We're back to the late 2021 highs and Prices have stopped going up at the same exact price where they stopped going up last time, right? Now, if you go to technology, which is the next one, technology, so uh, home construction represents consumer discretionary. Now we're looking at technology, very similar. You know, what is this, 28% of the S&P 500 right now is this sector, and what happened? Technology got back to the late 2021 highs, just like home builders, and have struggled. Stocks have failed to, to continue to go higher at the same place where they stopped going higher last time, right? It's not a coincidence. Go on to the next one. You could dive within technology at an obvious, very important sector, uh, which is semiconductors. And again, back to those former highs from late 2021. They're failing here where they failed last time. And then finally, look at industrials. So it's not just a technology story with, you know, with semiconductors and, and consumer uh, you're seeing it at the industrials as well. Not exactly the same, but pretty much back to those 2021 highs and again, failing. So, and industrials historically have the highest correlation 
uh, with the S&P 500 among all the sectors, right? It's a very diversified group. There's no one stock that represents more than 4% of this sector, as opposed to something like Amazon as a quarter of discretionary, you know, Chevron and Exxon are half of energy. You know, industrials don't have that behemoth uh, that maybe a technology will have where half of tech is Microsoft and Apple, right? Industrials, that doesn't exist. So very diversified. And if you're wondering where the S&P 500 is going, these are the sectors that are going to take it higher mathematically, right? The sectors that are doing well that are not going to take it higher, that have much lower weightings in the indexes, if any at all, are the ones doing well. For example, energy making new uh, all-time highs, really flirting with that. If we can get a breakout in energy, if you want to pull that up, Riley, we get a breakout in energy here, you know, and I think we do. Crude oil hit 90 bucks today uh, on, a, on Thursday, on uh, September the 14th, which is the day that we're recording you know, the $100 roll, we go to 90, we're probably going to 100. If we go to 100, probably going to 110 at least. Um, and, and the stocks are pricing that in. And something interesting about energy is that they don't care what the other sectors are doing, clearly. Um, they're going to do their own thing. They're outperforming. You know, it, 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 it's, it's worth a look. Yeah, gold, we talked about it last week, Jason. We pulled, we, we, I think Exxon was the chart of the week, but um, and had a making all time highs you. today, Exxon. Yeah, making all time highs today. I think Goldman flipped. They kind of were bearish on, on oil at 80, and then they flipped today, and I think got Throw that up, Riley. Where's the, um, where's, yeah. the, where's the shout out to the uranium uh, Fintwit brothers and sisters? Listen, yeah, you know me, man. Chemical all day, all day. Chemical. I no think doubt. we've been talking about it a little bit over the weeks. I just don't, we don't have an edge, but technically they're fucking the strongest. What do you mean? Outside, we don't have an edge. Outside of energy. Outside of energy, uranium is like just every day. NXE, what were some of these other ones? Uh, um, yeah, um, you know, it's the, really the alternative energies. Like if you look at, um, not alternative historically, just alternative to crude, to oil and gas. Jeez, why do I keep doing that? Here, Riley, throw up the, uh, throw up the next gen there. Uh, so you can see what that looks like. That thing's a monster making all time highs. You know, you look at the coal, uh, I mean, the, the coal stocks continue to do well. So it's really energy in general. It's not just the oil and gas situation. So I would continue to watch that. You know, if you're not already participating, you know, I don't necessarily think it's too late. One thing that we've learned about commodity cycles in the past is that they don't just last a few years, they last a decade, right? So what are we, three years into this maybe? Throw up the coal, uh, this is our custom coal index. So uh, the folks over at VanEck decided that uh, it would be best to unlist, uh, to delist the coal ETF uh, right before it was actually the, the, the time that you finally needed a coal ETF. Now. To their credit, nobody cared. I'm pretty sure I was the only one that used to look at this one. Me and Straza and a few other guys on my team may have been the only people on earth who regularly tracked the coal ETF. Um, uh, so they took it away from us, which is very unfortunate. I really enjoyed that ETF. And uh, we had to build a new one. So we just equally weighted the top uh, coal stocks, console, BTU, and some of those, right? And that's what this looks like. And it's making new all-time highs. So... You know, you don't necessarily need a coal ETF. I don't even think it was that liquid to begin with. So it's not probably would be pretty liquid these days, but that's another story. Um, you know, look individually at, at, at those coal stocks and, you know, talk to your friendly neighborhood fundamental guy to explain the difference between the coking coal and the thermal coal. You know, I, I'm more of the chart guy, but there's a difference. You know, one of them's more basic materials, one's more energy. 
you know, whatever. Line go up. In the uh, Trump presidency, it was dirty coal, dirty coal and clean coal, if there's such a thing. That's I remember the buzzwords back then. Uh, but that's a good round the horn, JC. I th- you know, the ARM IPO happened, so I think we should quickly talk about that. It's trading up, makes sense, right? I don't know, like they the market. If I'm a, if I'm a cynic here, this is a tightly controlled IPO. They need this to go higher. The banks to talk other people into going public. This all goes in well with the seasonality that JC has been talking about for a few months. Is wouldn't it be funny? to see the RMIPO overvalued as it is and slow grow or whatever, whatever the bears want. Um, it's up nine bucks, even though it was came in at the high end of the range, ARM. It's, um, you got Insta, 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 Instacart going public. You've got Databricks raising a series I. Bunch of IPOs. Bunch of IPOs that they need to get out. So. The bears need to be careful. Like the seasonality combined with a tough tape, a lot of negative news. Um, you know, I'm shocked because for months I've been saying I'm waiting for the panic to come in about uh, student loan paybacks. Somehow the news cycle isn't even caring yet. And those are set to begin. And the first deposits come out in a couple weeks. So you still got that negativity in the press to, to mold on. So there's a lot of fuel underneath. And then you got the China Apple thing. I mean, maybe the most important chart right now, even though it doesn't matter to you or I, because it doesn't look great, is Apple, right? Like well, it's a, they, it's a, It matters to the S&P, and that's what's holding the S&P back. And I think it's yeah. going to be a process you, and take time. Yeah. So I think you're yeah. at the index level. I think it will continue pay to be patient if you're a trend follower. And uh, get paid if you are uh, willing to sell premiums in both directions. You're getting paid both ways. Uh, I'd love to hear Rob's thoughts on on that. Um, you know, I know he gets it. It's just it's just math, Rob. Like it's not about you know it's not about the balance sheets and the income statements. It's about the supply and demand dynamics for uh, shares in equities and where. The, some of the most important parts of the market failed a year and a half ago or so, two years ago. They're back there for the first time now, and they're, they're failing again. So it's the market showing us that there's an overwhelming amount of supply relative to demand at those prices. It takes time for demand to absorb that supply. Hasn't been able to do it yet. I don't know how long it's going to take. Yeah, and underneath it, I don't know what Rob talk about Coifin and, and his thoughts on the market here because he's good at this but in the meantime Apple as a company is doing amazing things right they launched the iPhone 15 with all these new features not raising prices they're definitely going to come up with higher price stuff for idiots like me but like and the new watch looks super interesting again I'm not a watch guy but like they're starting to add heart rate stuff and, and kind of the features that make it like a, a must have for fitness right like even if you know, basically for your time and your health, that's a reason to own a watch. It's still a $20 billion business. It's two times the size of Rolex, which is a multi-hundred-year uh, brand. So, like, the company continues to execute, you know, at that scale, but the market, as he said, the supply, it's just, you know, it's not really a growth stock, and it's trading at growth multiples, but it's not going down at any crazy length. Then you throw in the China news, right, which is, like, China is kind of 
putting their hand up, saying, you know, playing the political game. So a lot of interesting cross-currents at the index level, because these companies are so big at the index level, but underneath it, JC's uh, pointing out all the little nooks and crannies that have some momentum. All right, Robbie, welcome to the show. Um, maybe introduce yourself quickly in Coifin and then walk us through this great new feature, the sharing social feature. Um, um, my name is Robbie. We uh, slid right by my market views. We could skip those, not important, uh, even though JC was curious. I am uh, curious. Are you making yeah. it rain calls and puts no, or what? I, but I wanted to, before I, I talk about watch lists and, and, and all the great stuff about Coifin, wanted to ask you, JC, I think one of the, um, so I love this market range call. You still have so many bears that are that are just so bitter that they missed this rally, this bounce, and that like what the hell's going on? Oil's higher, rates are higher, uh, the every everywhere's a disaster. Markets rallying, and people just feel like something's about to break. But that's not what the market is saying, right? The market's sort of in a range. So, question for you: If you had to put your bear hat on, and everyone's you know loves in September to talk about how bad October is historically, and that's when all the crashes happen. And they throw all the charts up to show you like October is about to just fall off a cliff. If you had to put your bear hat on, what are you watching to see if that if that if that thesis actually holds? Like, what 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 are you watching to see? Like, hey, if this was just a a, a stupid dead cat bounce, and we're about to resume kind of like the the downward spiral we had a year ago. Yeah, you want Riley? If you want to pull up that first chart there, I think it's the dollar, Rob. I think that's it. You know, if 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 if, if this is the end of the world. And the stock market's about to completely collapse. I think you're going to see the dollar really ripping, um, and and it's not not ripping. So that that's really where the bear case both begins and ends, as far as I'm concerned, is the damage that will be done to equities with a stronger dollar. Because don't forget, when did the dollar bottomed? Literally to the day that the new 52-week highs list peaked. Not a coincidence. On the New York Stock Exchange, and then the very next day on the NASDAQ, the new highs list peaked, and that's exactly when the dollar bottomed. So is it stronger dollars putting pressure on equities, or is it that when uh, money is fleeing equities, it runs to the safe haven of the United States dollar, which we know is the only safe haven. It's not treasury bonds like it was for the majority of our careers. Mm -hmm. uh, it certainly wasn't Japanese yen last year either as the yen made new 20-year lows. Gold sucked as usual. The only safe haven was the United States dollar. So the dollar peaked in early October and got slammed. How did stocks do? They did fantastic, right? There's, and uh, now the that the dollar's rallying, how are stocks doing? So I, I think it comes down to this. It, it, it's interesting you say that because the dollar as a percentage of international payments just made a new all-time high in terms of its importance, despite all these other countries and, trying to. Yeah. And Rob, there was a peak like four months ago. All the VCs were like doomed today on the dollar. They're the same VCs that got imploded uh, in their growth rounds and SPACs and doing stupid things in the stock market. Uh, all of a sudden became macro experts because that was an easy way to explain their losses. And I don't know if you remember, the VCs were just like, just all smart about how the, de the dollar is going to implode. And guess what it's done since the last four months? It's bottomed. And to JC's point, you know, the markets are not as easy as just looking at interest rates in the S&P. Um, and there's just so much new 
there's so many new Kramers and new voices, which is fine. That's how the market works. But like, they've never had more, they've never had bigger, you know, uh, bullhorns to, to scream their panic explanations of what's going to happen next. And as we know, because we've been doing it for 30 years and, the, and uh, just looking at this intermarket stuff, it's not that easy. So I like that idea on the dollar. I mean, the dollar is all important. Everybody's hiding out in T-bills. Ray Dalio's saying cash is where you got to hide out, kind of like JC. And if everybody rushes to the U.S. dollar, that probably wouldn't be good for equities. But I'll tell you so, what, Rob, you haven't seen any rotation at all into consumer staples on a relative basis or low volatility stocks in general. Haven't seen that at all. Haven't seen a flight out of at a high yield, right? So credit spreads are as tight as they've been all year. So if this was going to be the beginning, if this is 1987, you would start to see some acts, something, anything. I haven't seen anything. And I know yeah. because I go to the Koifin. You should check it out. Uh, this Koifin.com. Excellent. You can go in there and you can check out the credit spreads uh, or lack of spread. They're super tight. Um, you'd see them widening. So stronger dollar, widening credit spreads and uh, flight into staples relative and low volatility relative. You haven't seen any of those things except the yeah. dollar, stronger dollar. So that's first. Yeah, cool. so I'm with JC. I'm just, JC's had the hot hand, so I'm gonna let Phil chime in on his idea. But I would say the thing that still bugs me is just, and it's just, it's still hangover, is the rampant speculation, Wall Street Journal, the glamorization of, of degeneracy which I'm all for because I, I think more of it is entertainment. Speculation is entertainment. I've been burned. So I, when I talk about speculation, it's more, okay, guys, this is like a game that you have to properly, you know, model and, and mentally prepare for because you're going to get your ass kicked. So you better know what you're doing. But there's just this kind of glory. Even the Wall Street Journal is talking about daily options trading as if it's an entrepreneurial endeavor and it isn't this is fucking we saw it in the 1990s this is like the hardest game in the world to master uh, it's the easiest language to pick up and just blow yourself up with it's not like learning the first four words of french you know if you learn if you learn the, if your first four words of chinese are like go fuck yourself you're gonna get punched um and if you learn just a little bit of financial markets you're gonna get your ass kicked. So um, now we got to get into the real world of like truly educating this next generation. But there's a lot of speculation, you know, going on despite um, you know some some headwinds. So that's kind of what I'm worried about. Phil, anything that worries you that no one sees, like page ten, that. Uh... No, I just see a lot of negativity out there. And I see this range-bound market. That actually leads me to my question for JC. I see this range-bound market, but over time, uh, is it going to break out or is it going to break down? Um, I just, you know, from my perspective, the, the evidence is that it's going to break out only because uh, so much negativity. So many people hate the market. Every time I go on stock twits, People are just, neg you know, it's, it's like I go to the QQQ stream or the spy stream and it's like bearish, 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 bullish, bearish, bearish, bearish. And everybody has this doom. Every time we see this doom view that, you know, everything's falling apart, um, the, the market loves that. 
The market yeah. feeds on that. So, yeah. JC, my question to you is, and I know you, I, I, I know you might say you don't, but is, do you have any edge when we break out of this range? If you had to guess, would you say we break higher out of that range that you showed before on the on the spy chart, or or out, or or down out of the range? Yeah, uh, Riley, if you want to go uh, throw up that chart uh, of the the first chart that I put up there with the high yield and the consumer discretionary. So there's no evidence at all uh, at the equities level that we're going to resolve lower other than maybe the dollar being that trigger or maybe maybe moves that we haven't seen yet. But to date, we haven't seen any evidence in stocks specifically that we're going to resolve lower. And this is perfectly normal seasonal weakness. The market has followed these seasonal trends closer than I can ever remember. You know, historically, stocks are supposed to do very well after midterm elections and in the first couple of quarters of the pre-election year. That's exactly what happened. Stocks did fantastic, breaking records, as a matter of fact. And then in the third quarter, stocks are supposed to struggle, right? One of the worst quarters uh, in the entire four-year presidential cycle. And what do you know? Stocks have been struggling. And then you're supposed to get that 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 ripper into the end of the year, historically speaking, end of pre-election year, going into the new election year, you know, into January, and then struggle in February, right? But that that sweet spot of, you know, buy in October, get yourself sober, you know, November, Jan November, December, January period, that's the best three-month period, you know, particularly at this point in the presidential cycle, in, in through January, and then a break in February. So there's no evidence that that's not going to happen. And anybody who's fought those seasonal forces um, has been wrong. Uh, but just to reiterate, it's less about positioning ourselves for seasonal weakness or seasonal strength. It's more about... Uh, recognizing whether the market is ignoring those seasonal tendencies or, or or acknowledging them. The market continues to acknowledge them. It's when the market's supposed to go up and doesn't, that's the signal. Or if the market's supposed to go down and doesn't, that's the signal. So like during that seasonally weak period in 2016, stocks actually did really well uh, around this time. And sure enough, stocks had one of the best years after that ever. Because again, the market was tipping its hand in 2016 not being weak when it was supposed to. Uh, right now, we're just seeing normal weakness like it's supposed to, so no real signal. And I would look at the at junk bonds like me and Rob were just talking about, not seeing any flight at all into treasuries. Uh, so credit spreads as tight as they've been all year. And then consumer discretionary, making new 52-week highs relative to staples. If S&Ps were going to roll over and break down, this would not be happening. You would be seeing the opposite. Rob, can I get a witness? Amen, my brother. Uh, I think I think it's it. I, I think those macro uh, kind of confirmations are spot on. Um, I I'm kind of uh, interested in into what's happening in the uh, some of the staple stocks with some of the individual stories with Ozampic yeah. and 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 the pharma companies and the food companies, um, and that's sort of a its own thing. But on a sector level, all that stuff. There's always individual companies stories that are happening but on a, on a macro level that's that's absolutely right and yeah like a costco walmart there are staples that are doing well yeah right? that's right that's well, right and novartis is now the biggest you know we were you know this show the healthcare we were, stock yeah i understand yeah. but novartis is the biggest company in europe it surpassed lvmh so you got a danish company i think now the biggest european company it's pretty cool i mean cool i don't know Listen, yeah. it's, it, the, the amount of bearishness in the stock market pales in comparison to the amount of people that want to see a Zempic 
cause cancer and kill people for some reason. <laughs> like maybe it is a miracle drug. Not that we deserve it, um, but you know what? Maybe Ozempic and these fat drugs are a miracle drug that's fighting the true cancer, which are the food companies in the United States that have been as fucking, as Phil would say, like Phil's living the life. They've killed more Americans than they've saved. So, so maybe while we were looking at tech, and I'm guilty as charged too because I don't follow drug stocks, maybe something like a fat pill, which was, listen, it's been used for decades, I think. So it's not like it has, it's like some new drug. It was used for diabetes. I don't, I've been reading up on it, but like, you know, talking to a lot of smart people that um, are on the other side of this thing, maybe it is a miracle, like who knows? And it's so easy to just take the bearish case and today to get traffic, it's easier to be a bear than a bull. And, um, you know, did you that see, could be, did, did you could see be a miracle. Tweet? Did you see that tweet where they um, that it went it went uh, sort of blew up? But the guy who looks at uh, the Dunkin' Donuts drink and how much sugar yeah, that it was, has. I shared it today. It was really fascinating, dude. Was, I mean, it's so evil. It's so half, evil. Even if it's not true, it's it's got to be half true. Like if it's not that, it, it I, don't know, be, I shared it in our thread today. Actually, the Dunkin' Donuts sugar. The amount of sugar in one of those ice. It's drinks. so gross. And every listen, everybody's on their own. To, you're on your own. The government's not going to help you. The big food companies are not going to help you. Dunkin' Donuts not going to help you. You're on your own to eat healthy. So you just have to avoid that. Yeah. That stuff is that poison's just going to be out there. Yeah, driving you know, down the road. Gary trying to protect you from blowing fifty dollars in a crypto wallet, and the fucking food companies are poisoning us left and right. You know, so it's exactly. like be careful. Be careful. Like the show's about trends, but man, this is an epic trend. As much as you'd hate to see the drug companies make money, I mean, are they any worse than the food companies, you know? And, you know, all the anti-vaxxers that hate the fucking drug companies uh, sure should start pointing their fingers at fucking General Mills and uh, Dunkin' Donuts and some of these food companies. So, anyway, not And by the way, one other thing, the nutritionists aren't going to help you either. And there was, there was just some great uh, investigative journalism that came out um, from uh, Anahad O'Connor is his name. I'm looking at it right now. That's a great it was published name. in the Washington Post. It was published today or yesterday in the Washington Post. Registered dietitians are being paid by to po- are being paid to post videos that to pr- that promote diet soda, sugar supplements um, on Instagram and TikTok. They're being paid by the food companies. You know these these food influencer nutritionist influencers. And they sneak the word ad in there somewhere and they're just like, hey, you know, eat garbage food. It's it's fine. You're going to have no problem. Give it to your kids. Um, it's it's just, te- you know, it's terrible. Believe when you see one of those, they're being paid by the food companies. It's in the Washington Post today. Really, really good investigative well, journalism. I'm sorry if I butchered his name. Anahad O'Connor in the Washington Post. What's that? We'll share it in the notes. Yeah, it's everybody's so focused on like stock market promotion and crypto and stuff. And there's tools like Rob, which we'll get into this new feature, that are like actually helping people, just pure data organization and structure. And like food is our killer. Food is our killer. And I think Phil and I, Phil and I can attest to the fact that I've now lost 20 pounds on no special diet, that it's just less food and less sugar. I mean, there's no special diet. There's just less of 
of everything. And at my age, fitness ain't gonna do it. Like, yeah, I work out, but like, I, it's you can't keep the pace of working out. You gotta just fucking watch what you eat. All right, let's get to the to the meat of this, which is Rob showing off the, the product that we all love. So Rob, you got a new feature, pull it up, take it away. Yeah, absolutely. So wanted to um, share the, I wanted to share the sharing feature with you. Um, basically, we uh, rolled it out this week. Well, this is uh, the Howie feature. You had it, I loved it, and you took it away. And it yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's halfway back, and I'll show you why it's halfway back. Well, um, it's halfway back because, um, so here's the, the, the bottom line here is that you have a watch list now, um, and I have a, a ton of watch lists here, so kind of my portfolio and my, my SaaS stocks, and what people don't want to do is recreate this from scratch. They want to get it from someone else, or they want to, um, be able to get it from Howard, whatever it is. So we have this really nifty uh, share feature now where you can input an email and that user automatically gets um, notified that you're going to share a watch list with them. And then you could you could say kind of like just like in Google, is that person a viewer or an editor? If they're a viewer, they can't change your watch list. If they're an editor, they can change your watch list just like a Google Doc. So now you can collab on a hedge fund team or an advisor team. On a, on a hedge fund team, on a vice team, on a on a on a um, an investment club, uh, on a portfolio, um, and really start using this kind of like as a as a team workflow, um, and then the next step here, what we're going to do in the next couple of weeks, with it, we've kind of been building the infrastructure for this, is you have a link here, and you'll be able to tweet out a link, and anyone with the link, and then um, be, become a viewer. So like if you, um, they become a viewer, Rob. But can you let the public then mess with it too, or no? I, there's probably a setting where we could do that, yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's a work in progress, but that's fucking the feature that I've wanted. Like that, that, that'll get, that's a feature that'll get people educating and probing and actually doing homework. You need professionals to start this process, you know, like technical analysis. Without without tools, you, we wouldn't have found JC 15 years ago, Phil, Phil you know, after finding all-star charts. And, 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 but this is, these are new tools that allow a new breed of yeah. share to, to emerge, which is a fundamental, something that helps you match fundamentals with the price for catalyst. So I, this is why I'm bullish. Yeah. All so right, keep this, going on this, keep going. Yeah, so, so this, this, this feature, and, and once you kind of like set up your watch list with any of the columns you want, that's all gonna be shared. So users don't have to, your followers don't have to recreate that, which is awesome. Um, and then the second thing we introduced is something called model portfolios, which is a little bit more um, used by financial advisors than individuals, but um, it's basically the ability to then create a portfolio with, you know, whatever allocation you want, rebalance that historically, hit um, submit, and then uh, generate a, a performance chart, uh, generate kind of historical returns over time, um, see kind of like what those risk metrics are. I'm sure this is all information that uh, that that Howard you uh, want to know like the trainer ratio and the comma ratio and the and the tracking error but it's right here at your fingertips um, and so we're going to be uh, leveraging this technology for custom baskets custom indices portfolio back testing portfolio analytics but this is our kind of first introduction of this functionality Speechless. I gotta say, Speechless. Bravo. I, I got to say, bravo. I mean, obviously, we got to help people figure this out. It's, you know, you have so many features. So, um, is there a place where people, like, have you guys set up tutorials on YouTube? Like, is there a place where people can just 
or is there is it like is there an eight hundred number? Like how do how do people really get good at this? Because you know how do you speed people up to to really build? Yeah. So 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 one thing I would um, recommend is our um, is our YouTube channel. So we um, we hired someone recently, Connor, who's uh, the best, and he's been putting he's out great. a lot of great content. So if it, uh, hey, this is Rob, founder. Uh, so that's. Uh, uh, um, some stuff that we've uh, built out like economic calendars or, or this charting masterclass is awesome. Just how to use charts. Charts are our most used feature on Coifin and we have a bunch of these things. And then we started posting a lot more Twitter content um, in terms of um, uh, just interesting observations. And so definitely subscribe. Coifin charts is our handle. Um, and so that's... that's yeah, your social game, you know me, I finally, I'm really happy with the social game. People... Your audience is on StockTwits and Twitter, so I've been harping on this. Like, whether whether we like it or not, that there's a lot of smart people on Twitter. That's the audience. So, yep. getting this stuff out there is great. Okay, good, good stuff. Questions for the Rob guys. Rob, can we talk about? Um, you know, I really like, uh, you know, certain sentiment data, particularly like. Uh, Know, sell side analyst consensus uh both you know when you're looking at the you know percentage of ratings from the sell side that are bullish versus bearish and and kind of looking for those extremes as a place to go fishing you know fishing for shorts when everyone's bullish fishing for longs when everyone's bearish you know mostly like consensus bullish you know really stands out to me um, that's that's one thing and then just generally speaking when you're seeing the sell-side analyst earnings revisions Those really trend we talk about asset prices trend Sell-side analyst earnings revisions also trend and it really just chases the S&P so we continue to see those earnings revisions Up right as they've been since really towards the end of last year really chasing price Roman, this is this is right up your alley. You can really understand love this. That. Love this you know, question because if you understand the the way that the sell side community works or whatever's left of it, the 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 incentives are are very off. There's a lot of uh, hurting that takes place because if everyone's bullish and you're the only bear, you better be right. <laughs> you better be right, or you're going to be looking plus for a job. So plus these it. guys. Plus these guys are slow to process new information so there's chasing a lag price. effect pearl dog they're chasing yeah. price yeah. so anyway rob just wanted to throw that over to you sort of my thoughts on that really valuable information for me, for me. yeah so wanted to show you maybe how to how to do that or, or show the folks um that are watching this so we have um under security analysis here on the left you load of security if you go to analyst estimates and price target um we'll show you kind of like what the price target has been over time um for a stock so tesla here is actually right in line right and and um so this is what this is telling you is this is the average price on the street there's um 39 analysts covering the stock on average they're um you know um, forecasting 257 dollars a share over the next 12 months stock is around there so not a lot of upside downside but you could see sort of how that fluctuates um back and forth so back in, in 2020 Right, the, the stock just started moving and JC, you and I have talked about this when the stock is moving faster than the than the analysts and the analysts are, you know, can't catch up. That's pretty bullish because they, they haven't caught up yet. Right. So yep. this is kind of like all these revisions that you're talking about. 
Um, and this is kind of like when it gets closer to balance, maybe that's a signal to to think about like, hey, the investor community or Wall Street community is caught up. So there's there's two ways to think about what you said. One is the price target difference. And the other one's just the overall rating on a scale of one to five. So one is a sell, five is a buy, 3.5 is a, is a hold. Um, and what you can do is you could go to the screener and, and basically create a screen for that. So I could create a screen. Um, I can um, choose a, a template here, but I'll get started from scratch. I'm gonna uh, take my universe there. Uh, I'm gonna select maybe an ETF that I wanna start with. Um, so maybe I wanna start with, um, um, let's see, Russell 1000, just to make it a little bit bigger, IWB. I get a thousand companies that match here. Um, and then let's say I wanna look down here, analyst estimates, I wanna look at the ratings. And so the average analyst rating, um, you said you wanna look for buys or sells? I like to see uh, prices making new 52-week highs with very few analysts that are bullish. I like seeing that. I like seeing uh, I like seeing all analysts bullish. I like seeing that and fading that. You saw that at Amazon recently. Yeah. So so let's let's do this one. So let's do um, the uh, kind of like so basically analyst rating three and below. So this is hold and below. And remember, analysts tend to be bullish, so hold is actually pretty bearish. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and something that's within 5% or 3% uh, within its 52-week um, within its, within its high, right? So that looks like uh, three stocks in the Russell 1000. You create your screen. And so you have Aon. Aon, what a beast, man. These uh these reinsurers, Marsha McLennan also, these things are beautiful. Interesting because it's Florida can't get insurance to reinsurers. The other thing that's awesome. Love that. Right? So love that. Is there a uh, video love that screen, how to use all guys, this? Is there the a video how to use those screens? Yeah, we're creating it right I now. I guess we're making it today. We're making it today. <laughs> uh, um, Rob, one other a, idea. One sorry, idea on, we've on that about YouTube it. channel, on that YouTube channel, there is a screening uh, tutorial. Okay, so one thing I want to do, I know stock is building this, but I think it should be built in with you. You should get their data from, uh, do you talk to Tommy, right? So the screen that I need to see and that I'd love to run it against fundamentals matching, I don't know if you can pull highest relative. Do you, do you, can I, does Koypen allow me to screen for highest relative strength stocks? So you can, you could screen by performance and by right. screening by performance, by definition, the highest, the best performing stocks are the highest relative strength. Okay. So, so, so I want to match those, Rob, with the lowest followed stocks on Stockton. So I want to find the stocks that have the highest price relative strength with the lowest social following. So that's a screen mm -hmm. that I would just pay for and then run it against fundamentals as well. So that screen just prints money for me when I find stocks that, that you know, obviously they're worth a billion or more market cap, um, but I want the, the highest 99 relative strength stocks and then match it against stocks on stock to I like that, Lindsay. I like, I yeah. like, I like where your head is at there. Look at you, man. That's I like. Well, it's that data one. that's unique to us. So if you, whoever builds that screen, that's just I would promote the shit out of that. So Rishi is going to build that at stock but you have the ability to do that too at Coifin. So I'd like to have that. So you should talk to Tommy and Mike Zavello and get that done. But so, that, I would so use that I, every I, day. I, I, I want I, that data too. Yeah. I, well, right, um, JC, we talk about this all the time, but now we have that data on stock tips with the sentiment, so now we can start pulling it. Um, so yeah, but the sentiment doesn't have a date. 
The sentiment is just bullish or bearish. Like it could be the no, next no, no, five no. minutes. It but, could be the next. But the follower, years. yeah, no, 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 Chase, yeah, I'm with you. But like, the I follower can't There's garbage in, garbage out. We need defined time horizon. Well, right, Rob? No? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Agree no, but JC, the follower thing is is genius. I was looking. One hundred percent, totally love the, it. The case, the this, case, this Casey's restaurant that like Davey Barstow retweeted at us. He was making fun of their pizza because we showed the price chart that's going up into the right. There's like a the stock's like the best performing stock. Celsius, Monster, these companies that are performing for decades uh, have no followers and they're just boring up into the right stock. So, so. You know, those are that's our unique insight about how the markets work that you know indirectly stocks us as credit. All right, well, Rob, I gotta hop. I'm running out of battery. Rob, you're the man. Uh, cool. Phil, uh, looking good. And uh, JC, as always, thanks for leading the show here. Uh, Bill, anything uh, we need to know? Uh, that was good. Good talk about the Dunkin' Donuts stuff. Fucking crap. Yeah, I just wanted to add, before we were talking about nutrition and you were saying there's really no diet you could follow, I just wanted to amend that. Uh, there is, there is, there's a, there's, a, there's a few simple rules that you could follow to, to allow your body to just approach its natural healthy weight. And what, what you want to do, if you can, is you want to, uh, as Howard said, stay stay low on added sugar. Like you just don't want to eat garbage that has added sugar. You want to avoid highly processed foods, anything that comes in a box, Captain Crunch and so forth. And you want to avoid most high carb foods like bread and pasta. It doesn't mean you don't have to eat none of it, but less of it. And what you do want to eat, what you want to maximize, especially people who are who are everybody really, not just people who are getting older, but everybody is maximize high protein foods. So people are eating too much energy, carbs, and they're eating not enough protein. So you want to eat foods that are high in protein, eggs, chicken, fish, beef, uh, you know, if you're a vegetarian, Legumes. lentil. Legumes. Yeah, if you're a vegetarian, tofu and lentils. Yeah. Uh, it's not it's my, my real, personal man. preference, but you know, some people out there, but I, so there is a specific way you can go. That was all I had to add. Well, you got to repeat uh, it every Take a look at, uh, throw up there, uh, the first chart there, uh, Riley, um, you know, so you could really see, uh, what's going on. If you want to take advantage of the situation and the high demand for sugar, sugar oh. futures are making new 10 year highs. So there's a, there, there's a trade. You know, and look at the look at the ETF oh. Kane C A N E, uh, which is the next evil. chart the markets, there, Riley. The markets are true. It's just brutal. Man. It's fucking evil. And it's just pure evil. It's evil. But look at that bear market sugar was in. What the hell was that bear market about? People gave up sugar for a couple of years. No. Nope. Just just more sellers and buyers. Yeah. More sellers and buyers. That's a long time ago. It was a commodities bear market. Yeah, that was twenty some years ago. Commodities super cycle. What, Weight Watchers looks like a good good chart as well. I love when Weight Watchers gets uh, upgraded to overweight. That's me every time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're ending on that. All right, boys, love you. See you. Adios. Adios.